Thanks for tuning in to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and you're listening to Job Search Guide, a show where we get tips and tricks from experts on how you can land your next job. And today we're talking about the disadvantage of interviewing first and when you interview in the interviewing process for the employer. And joining us to talk about this topic is Howard Caddy, and he is a career coach and mentor with CareerOyster.com. So Howard, I read an article that you wrote on LinkedIn about this topic, and you state that you would not recommend being the first candidate in the employer's interviews. So can you tell us why you believe this and kind of how you came upon this idea? Sure, Katie. Thanks a lot for including me today. I've been in recruiting for 30 years and uh, specifically in coaching the last five years, and I've never recommended my people to go first because of a lot of timing issues. Now, there's always an exception, I guess, in certain positions if there's multiple openings or high turnover in a given position or they're always going to hire a, a person if they, they make a decision on, a, on an interview of one. I guess you can point out that as an exception. But if you look at most of the openings that are posted, there's usually one position and it's very competitive. So let's, let's talk about the kinds of interviews, and that might also come into play. This is, we're referring to face-to-face interviews here, not mm-hmm. third-party recruiting interviews, because those you want to get on the list real quick so the recruiter puts you in, the, in his list and sends you in. Right. That's different. If someone does a phone interview for you, you want to schedule the phone interview, let's say, a day later, but you want to get the phone interview out of the way because the goal was to get to a face-to-face. Right. The third, if it's a hiring manager phone interview, then... Same thing. You want to get that a day later so you can get to the face-to-face. So those are not what we're talking about here. We're talking about when they say, let's come into the company and we'd like you to interview. Most people jump at it and they go right in and they could be the first person in the queue. And the problem with that is that the process has just started. They've spent a lot of time getting the opening approved. They spent a lot of time putting their process together and there's people involved, many people involved. So that the process is going to run a certain course. And if you're the first one in, like, as I mentioned in the article, there's no reference point at this point. So they, they don't even know how to evaluate you where you sit. The job description is probably not even firm. The hiring manager is just getting started. So he's a little bit rugged on the question. And there's not a big urgency to finish the process. They've decided to run a hiring process and they're going to finish it. So you can't even close for the second interview until they see all the candidates. These are reasons why being first has a big disadvantage. The candidates at the back of the process or the middle and the end of the, of the first round probably have a, a fresher appearance in the mind of the manager. And therefore, at that point in time, they can have an advantage of being perceived as stronger. And one of the things I kind of want to go back to you that you mentioned was you as the first interview um, you kind of set the precedent for um, the rest of the hiring process. So is that a good thing? Like if you're a really outstanding interviewer, you have all the skills and capabilities that they want in the person for this job. I mean, if you set the bar high, wouldn't that be a good thing? That appears to be true. But in interviewing, they have a job description and they have committed to a process. And the process in most companies, again, most companies, is that we'll have some Team members interview them, some managers interview them, some HR people interview them. And so for a lot of positions, it might even be two or three rounds of interviews. Mm -hmm. So in those cases, you're not going to be able to change the process or really alter the set precedents. Okay, so you're a good candidate. So let's take the case if you are not an outstanding candidate, you're pretty easy to rule out by the end of the process and you're not going to get a shot at it. 
whereas you might have a better chance if you showed up middle to the end of the process and you were a little fresher in their mind. Right. Second of all, the job description and the job might change as they go through the process, right? So even if you were a great candidate on the front end and you hit a lot of the criteria, that doesn't mean that someone wouldn't change the criteria after you, in which case you, you kind of diminish in the evaluation process. And even if you come up with some good ideas on the first interview and you give them some great suggestions on how to solve their problem, then the manager asks those same questions to the second, third, and fourth candidate who may not be as creative, but all they have to say is, me too. Yeah, I can do that. So that automatically lowers your expertise. Oh, everybody seems to have that. Whereas if it were flipped and you were third or fourth in the line, the first three candidates may not be as creative and you come in with a creative solution at number four, you now get full credit for that particular suggestion. Right. So now that we've kind of established that there really are some true disadvantages of interviewing first, how do you go about making sure that you're not the first interviewer? And what kind of questions should you be asking? And at what stage in the process should you be asking those questions to find out where you're going to fall in this order? And there is a key point. When you first get a phone call, from the recruiter is the best time for you to understand some of the timing. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, they want to see you. And we're assuming it's an internal recruiter of a company now, right? Mm -hmm. And so they want to bring you in. And so now's the time to ask that question. So the, the question I would say would be a very nice compliment. Great. I'm really excited to be exploring your company. Could I ask you a question, please? And at that point, I would ask them, where are you in your hiring process? Are you at the beginning? the middle, or the end. And based on that answer, that would tell me when the best time to schedule the face-to-face meeting would be. Now, if it's a phone interview, as we mentioned, I might do that a day, give myself a day, but I would do that right away and schedule it up. If it's a face-to-face meeting that I want to try to schedule, great. I would say, I am really excited about coming to see you, but I, I do have a heavy schedule this week. I'm glad we have some time. Can I schedule it a week from today? Or can I schedule it four days out, et cetera, depending on what the answer is they gave you. So you really have to kind of like get out there in the front of the game and kind of analyze where they are in their hiring process and use that to your advantage. Now, you also in your article listed a couple other questions that you could ask. One, for example, you know, may I ask how long the position has been open? What kind of information would that give you, the candidate, when you're you know, asking those questions during the phone call? Yeah, at this point, it's appropriate for someone on the other end. They would expect you to ask a couple questions. So it's okay to ask them nicely. And just and if you ask them how long has it been open, that'll give you a little feeling for where they are in the buying cycle, right? Mm-hmm. As someone goes through the buying cycle, the more time they've spent on looking for a position, the more frustrated they are. Right. And therefore, better the urgency. So if you if they said, well, we've been looking for about three weeks or four weeks or whatever, or we had a person and we made it, uh, you know, made an offer and uh, it didn't work, so we're back into a process, then you kind of know a little bit about the frustration level and the potential to create urgency. On the other hand, if they say, well, no, we just had a brand new position and we're looking for this talent, we just got started, you also know they're going to take their time and shop because they're not sure exactly what they want yet. Mm-hmm. So that would give you an indication that you want to be a little further into the cycle and it's probably going to, then you might ask how many interviews are in your process and you would then start seeing that it would take two or three uh, rounds, et cetera. So you could then plan accordingly for what I want to accomplish in round one, what I want to accomplish after I get to round one, if I get to round two, I want, what do I want to do there, et cetera. 
So by asking those questions, you get a little feeling for their urgency. Now, if you find that they're really early in their hiring process, they haven't really interviewed anyone or just a few candidates, you mentioned, you know, saying, hey, I've just got a really busy schedule this week. Can we look to next week or maybe the week after? Do you have any concerns about that kind of sending a message to the employer that as a candidate, you're really not very interested in the position because you're not jumping right on it? That could be perceived if you mishandle the delivery, right? Mm -hmm. But if if you say to them up front, great, I'm really excited about coming to see you. I'm glad I have time to fit it in. I have some obligations this week, but I can come in early next week, which day, Monday or Tuesday would be best for you. So you basically use the fact that, you know, they're in the beginning of the cycle to say, oh, that's an advantage for me because I can get this into the schedule. Great. Mm-hmm. as opposed to being a disadvantage. What the mistake would be to rush right in and be the first candidate and then be having an uphill battle for the rest of the cycle. The goal is to get the job, not to get an interview. Exactly. So once you've kind of assessed this and you've, you've figured out where you want to be within the hiring cycle, what if um, you know, you kind of, you're asking these questions and maybe they do a follow-up call after you have scheduled your interview? Is it ever a good idea to kind of like apologize and reschedule if you find out at a later time that they're much earlier on in the process than you had initially thought that they were? Again, it's how you handle that particular conversation. And that one's a little sensitive. I got a couple comments back on that one that they didn't like that approach. But mm-hmm. I can tell you my personal clients, I've coached them, they get calls all the time. Oh, we have to reschedule the interview. It happens all the time from the company side. Some meeting came up and we have to reschedule. As a sales professional for 30 years, I get that call all the time from my clients. Mm -hmm. I don't feel bad about when they do it. I don't like the fact that it's rescheduled, but I still want to meet with them. So if I'm a candidate, they want to meet with me. They haven't seen me. Right now, I'm a viable option for them. So if you handle that call properly and say, Mr. Recruiter, can I talk to you for a couple minutes? We're scheduled to see each other Friday and something has come up that I really would like to attend, would it be any problem if I were to reschedule my interview for next week on Tuesday? And if not, no problem. I'll have to rejuggle things, but it would really be nice if I could go in next Tuesday. I have to accomplish something else. Mm-hmm. Is that possible? Right. So if you make it a possibility question or something like that and ask for a favor, that's not offensive. No. And it's not certainly not going to put someone off. Right. So kind of like how you've stressed earlier, it's all about your delivery and how you're asking these questions and how you're kind of phrasing them for the employer. Now, once you've kind of, um, you know, assessed where they are in their process, is it ever a good idea to find out if they can move ahead immediately for the right candidate? And how would you kind of ask that question? And what do you really get out of asking it? Typically, that's a timing problem also. Mm -hmm. So timing is a very little bit of a complex topic, as you're seeing. In sales, it's, there's message, delivery, and timing, right? Right. And there's a case where it's inappropriate to ask that on the phone screen unless you know you have an offer already and you have something that's really going to force. I just got this call about an hour ago, mm-hmm. and he has an offer on the table. And so then I advised him to ask that question, how quickly could they move if they saw you as the right candidate, just to see what their sense is. But in general, if I don't have an offer or if I don't have something that's real right now that's really going to force the action, I would probably try to hold that question to the interview and score some points there. And at the close of the first interview, I would use that to try to see if I could accelerate the sense of urgency. I would also ask the question in the interview about when they would prefer to have someone hired if I haven't gotten it out at this scheduling call, right? If I, if I didn't get the answer out on the scheduling call, if I didn't pick up on a sense of urgency for hiring, 
I would definitely ask that in the interview. So now if I have a good interview, my close consists of two things I want to do. I can help you get to your schedule, and then how quickly can we move forward on this process? So speaking of kind of closing out the interview, once you're in that interview, you've, you know, it's gone great, we'll say. Um, How do you close properly, and how do you really close keeping it time-sensitive and making sure that you stay on top of mind for that employer? I actually have a four-point close that I use, okay? Okay. The first point is I want to emphasize to them that I'm interested and I'm qualified based on the discussions today. Mm -hmm. And then I ask them, how do you feel about me and my background? And the goal there is to see what their initial thoughts are. Now, the reality is most companies, most people, when you ask that question, they give you some polite answer and it's a fluff question. You can't tell what they really are thinking. Right. The key to that is to ask the question again. And you ask it in the second case of emphasizing the concerns because people don't usually fib twice. They'll dodge it once but they won't dodge it a second time. Mm-hmm. What you would do is you say, well, Mr. Recruiter or Mr. Manager, is there anything I've said today or anything in my background that would give you a concern about moving me forward? If there is, may I have a chance to address it while I'm here? So the key is to get any and all objections or concerns or reservations out on the table at that meeting, not sit and go home and not hear from them for three weeks. Right. So by asking a one-two question like that, you usually uncover, I've watched a lot of my candidates over my recruiting experience save an interview by clarifying something on that second question. And then when that came out, they had a chance to sell it and show why they, that really wasn't an issue, that it was misinterpreted or something was not communicated as clearly as it should have been. Mm-hmm. Then the third question is, now we're going to timing again. And you have to do these questions in the right sequence. That's called timing. And you do the third question, and the third question would be, okay, in your interview process, where are we at your interview process right now? And then what would we have to do to move move, uh, forward in the process? Mm -hmm. And that would give you a little feeling for where they are at this point in time. Even though they told you they might be at the middle, maybe they got more things they're going to do, or maybe they're moving faster, we don't know. But now is the time to recheck what they previously told you, because things change every hour. Right. And then the final question would be the urgency of the hire. You might drop a hint during the interview, but you always do it at the close. And you would say, okay, let's assume you found a candidate that you liked. I'm, I'm hoping it's me. When would you want that person to start? So now I have a feeling for where, what's left in the process and when they would like to have someone start. And that would govern my follow-up strategies or whether I would, how I would proceed to finalize the, my comments or what else I might try to do to move the, my candidacy forward. Mm-hmm. It's not just a disadvantage of really just interviewing first. It's throughout the entire interview process where timing can be an issue, and you really have to kind of ask these questions to make sure that you are in on the right course for getting this position because, yeah, you got an interview because you got your timing right, but then you have to get your timing right for actually starting the job and asking these questions in the close. Do you have any um, stories of any of, you know, the candidates or individuals that you've worked with where this has worked really well for them that you could share with our listeners? This will double or triple my clients' effectiveness in interviews across the board. Mm-hmm. I don't have anyone that doesn't use this approach when I coach them. They love it. It gives them confidence. It's a sales call. They understand they are going into an interview. 
They're going to understand what the person wants to accomplish. They're going to understand the criteria, and then they're going to sell themselves, and then they're going to close. I teach timing throughout the entire process, not only the sequence of questions, but the sequence of how the, pro- the meeting should go in order to make it an interactive and solution-oriented meeting. That builds chemistry. Chemistry is 70% of whether they're going to hire that person because most of the people they interview could probably do the job. question is, which one do they like the best? And so timing is absolutely uh, when you say something, when you should not ask questions, and you should postpone questions to the second round or even after you get an offer. Most people try to accomplish too much per phone call, per interview, and they muddy it up. So you can see that timing is very complex. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, thank you for sharing that um, piece of advice. I think that's important to say, you know, timing is an issue and it all depends on where and when and how you ask questions. But unfortunately, we are running out of time today. And we do like to give our guests the floor for about 30 seconds at the end of the interview to give any final pieces of advice that they'd like to share with our listeners. Could you just share one final piece of advice with us about this topic and maybe how um, you can put it in play? Yeah, some people are feel that by trying to manage this timing, they're trying to uh, manipulate the system. That's not true. If you believe that the interview process and this job search process is a sales process, this is IBM-type sales techniques. It's understanding the buyer, understanding the buyer, understanding when they want to make a decision, giving them the information they need to make a decision, and putting yourself at an advantage. Being in the right place at the right time is important for success in sales and in life. And is it any different when you interview? Watch your timing. Get your messages down. Practice your deliveries. But master timing. Well, there you have it, everyone. It's all about timing. And if you're in the right place at the right time, you might just get that job. But unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for today on Job Search Guide. So I just want to thank Howard for joining us and sharing your expert advice. We do appreciate it. Well, great. Thank you for inviting me, Katie. And good luck. Thank you. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to ljnradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, just shoot me an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I wish you the best of luck with your job search.